All right, today's daf is daf Lamed Aleph. All right. Here we go. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to be zeker to finish the fifth parak. That, that's uh, that's going to be our goal. Finish uh, uh, parak hey. And uh, Rabaran's pointing out that parak vav is uh, a short da is, is basically a daf. Um, and it's going to end on top of tomorrow's daf. So we'll see. We'll see if we're zeichet to finish two prakim today. But our goal, our goal is going to be to finish uh, parakei for today. All right, so let's get going. So we're going to pick up on daf lamid aleph, amid aleph, page 31a, three lines from the top of the yamud. We're up to bai bayayim darish of Yeshua ben Horkinus shaloi of ariyayv v'chulu. Now, before we get going on today's daf, if we wouldn't mind, I would like to ask the oilam, to turn back to Chaf Zayin Amud Beis 27b, which is the beginning of our parak, And I want to just learn together this. It's important to see the, the, the entire quote of the Mishnah of Rabbi Yeshua's Drasha in order to understand today's Gemara, right? So let's turn back to Chaf Zayin Amud Beis. We're going to look about 11 lines from the bottom of the Amud. You'll see a colon, and it says, Bo Bayom Darash Rabbi Yeshua ben Horkinus. On the day that Rabbi Lazar ben Azari took over the yeshiva, Rabbi Shua ben Horkinus gave the following drasha. Let's learn this together. You should know that Eiv did not serve Hashem only with love, meaning he only served Hashem with love. Now, how do I know that when Eiv served Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it was done me'ava? Now, to serve Hashem out of love is a higher level than to serve Hashem out of yira. Because even though both of them are very, very important and very chashuv, and both ways you're going to cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but when you serve Hashem out of Yira, it not necessarily will it, first of all, the, the connection is not as strong. And number two, it's also not as long lasting. Love, Ava, is a longer lasting experience than Yira. Yira, you could just throw out the window when you get fed up with it. Ava, you don't get fed up with. I said, how do we know that Eiv served Hashem out of Ava? Ready? Shinamar, as it says, Hain yiktileni, if I were to be killed, if they were to kill me, loy ayachel, for him, I would still yearn. What Eiv is saying is, even if I were to be killed, I would still yearn for Hashem. Okay? You see that Pasuk? Now again, I just want you to focus on these four words, then I'm going to go into our Gemara. The four words of the Pasuk are, Hain Yikteleni, if only he were to kill me, Lai to him, Ayachel, I will still yearn. Now the word Lai, look how it's spelled. Lamid Vav. I will still yearn for him. What if the word Lai would be spelled Lamid Aleph? Then the Pasuk would read, if I were to be killed, I will no longer yearn for Hashem, which means I love Hashem, but only till a certain point. So depending on how it's spelled, Lamed Aleph or Lamed Vav will tell us how to interpret Eiv's statement. Now, the way the Mishnah quotes the Pasuk is with a Lamed Vav. So Eiv is saying, you're serving Hashem, I'm, I'm serving Hashem, even if I were to be killed, I'm still going to yearn for Him. All right, let's get into our Gemara now. Two dots, we're going to pick up Five lines, uh, five lines from the top of the Amud, the second word. It says the Gemara, Velechsi hai loi, 
I don't understand what the issue is. How's the word loy spelled? Iba lamed aleph ksev. If it's spelled lamed aleph loyhu, then it means I'm not going to yearn for Hashem anymore, which seems to imply I'm going to serve Hashem out of yira, not out of avah. There's a certain limit to how far I'm going to go. And iba lamed vav ksev loyhu. So the Gemara wants to know why there's a shaila about whether or not Eiv served Hashem out of Ava. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hurkness gave a whole drasha to prove. Says the Gemara, just look at the words. I don't understand why you're coming to Lakron with a whole drasha. If you want to go back to the Mishnah, you learn further in the Mishnah, it shows there's some sort of suffix, some sort of doubt that people had. So Rabbi Kiva had to, uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hurkness had to make a drasha. No, it was out of Ava. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? If it's spelled Lamed Vav, it's out of Ava. If it's not spelled Lamed Vav, it's spelled Lamed Alva, it's out of here. Says the Gemara, one second. Whenever it says Lamed Aleph, does it always mean I will not? Is that true? Our premise of Lamed Aleph, is that true? It says in all of the Tsaris and all the troubles that Klal Yisrael has, light Tsar, there will not be Tsar. It's written with Lamed Aleph, and it certainly does not mean not. Because Hashkadosh Baruch who's letting us know, he's giving us comfort with these words. And if he's giving us comfort, it can't be light char, like I'm not in pain when Klai Yisrael is in pain. There's no way it means that, that those wouldn't be words of comfort. V'chitim hachanam, you're going to say that that's exactly what Hashem is saying, that yeah, if Klai Yisrael doesn't do the right thing, I'm not in pain when they are, v'oksivu malach It says, so a malach from HaKadosh Baruch who saved them. And therefore light char, obviously, is not Hashem saying that he doesn't care. Hashem does care. Eli, you see from here, Elav, Mashmahachi, Mashmahachi. You see the word loy, Lamed Aleph, can sometimes imply not, and sometimes it implies similar to Lamed Vav is. Interesting, right? When me and you translate the word Lamed Aleph, we say not. When we translate the word Lamed Vav, we translate him or his. What the Gemara here is saying is that you will find times in Psukim. Where the word lo, even if it's spelled Lamed Aleph, can mean him. It's possible Lamed Aleph can mean him. It depends on the context of the words. Okay? The, the question of, say, how do you know? Right? The question of, how do you know whether it translates Lamed Aleph or not? It seems that whenever you see Lamed Aleph, the, the translation is not. Unless, in the context of the Psukim, you see that it's impossible for Lamed Aleph to be not, like in the context we're having over here. Over here, it cannot mean, when Hashem says, Behold Tzarasam, and all the Tzaras of Klai Yisrael, Light Tzar, I'm not in pain when Klai Yisrael is in pain. Well, if you're not in pain when Klai Yisrael is in pain, why'd you send the Malach to save them? If you don't care, you don't care. If you're not bothered, you're not bothered. It's got to be in the context that over here, the word Lai, although it's spelled Lamed Aleph, uh, needs to mean him. So in general, it'll mean not. If you see in the context that it can't mean not, it is possible for Lamed Aleph to be spelled him. All right, Chiddush. Says the Gemara Vaiter. Tanulam Ter Baiser, Rameh Rameh says, Namar Yireh Alekim Be'iyav. It says by Yireh that it was a Yireh Alekim. The Namar Yireh Alekim Be'avram. And it says that Avram also feared Hashem. Ma Yireh Alekim Omer Be'avram Be'avram. Just like when Avram feared Hashem, it was done out of love. Af Yireh Alekim Omer Be'iyav Be'avram. So too when Yireh feared Hashem, it was done out of Avram. Be'avram Gufei Says Gemara, how do you know that when Avram feared Hashem, it was a fear that stemmed from love? You're the children of Avram who, who, who was beloved to me. Okay. 
Says the Gemara. Listen to this, Chavra. This is beautiful, foundational. We're talking to you, Saidus. Foundational ideas in life. Here we go. My Fine. So we've established that Eve served Hashem out of Ava. We've established that Avram served Hashem out of Abba, out of love. Says the Gemara. What's the difference? Either way, you're serving Hashem. Either way. So where does this kick in? When you serve Hashem out of love, it's much greater than when you serve Hashem out of fear. Because when you serve Hashem out of Ava, I'm sorry, when you serve Hashem out of Yira, it lasts, the, the Yira Hashem lasts for a thousand generations. When you serve Hashem out of Ava, it's going to last for two thousand generations. Meaning, the schosim, the merits that we bring to the world, not only impact us, our next generation, and our children, it impacts for generations beyond. It says, for thousands of generations, for those who love me and keep my mitzvahs, those who just keep and protect his commandments, but out of Yira, is for a thousand, only a thousand generations. Says the Gemara, Hasam Namik Siv Laayav Av Lishavim Mitzvayis Av Lalav Dar. You you got to read the whole pasuk. Uh, you know you can't just take it out of context. There also it talks about um, uh, a thousand generations with Ava. So how do you know that Ava has two thousand generations? Another pasuk tells me Ava is one thousand. So Gemara says, Hai le dismichle vahai le dismichle. Each one is going by what is samukhti, what is next to it. So the one that says the Pasuk of 2,000 generations is referring to those who love Hashem. And the one Pasuk referring to 1,000 generations is referring to ones who fear Hashem. And Hanu Trey Talmidai, there were two Talmidim, two students, two Yeshiva Bachrim, they were sitting in front of Rava. Chad Omar one of them said to his Rebbe, Ikron Bil Chamoy, it was read in my dream. Marav Tuvcha, how great is your good? Asher Tafanta Lereyacha that you keep for those who fear you. So this is the pasuk I saw in my dream. The Omar, another student said, Akroyun I had the pasuk read to me in a dream which said, Kol anybody who who's feels safe in you, Hashem will be happy. La'ilam forever, Yiranenu, they will sing your praises. Ve'yaltsu b'cha o'yavei shemecha, and those who are o'yavei shemecha, those who love your name, will will uh, raise you up. What is So each one had a different pasuk read to them in a dream, and Omar Luhu, he said to them, the Rebbe Rabbah said to them, Tarvaychu Rabbonon Tzadikei Gemurin Asun, both of you are obviously God's fine Eidin, you're both wonderful, wonderful Tzadikim, Marme Ava, Umar Mir, but one of you is serving Hashem out of Ava, and the other one is serving Hashem out of years. You see, Ava, prior to this, we learned that Ava is greater than Yira. But you see for this Gemara that whether you serve Hashem out of Ava, whether you serve Hashem out of Yira, each one is an incredibly high madrega and something that each of us should be striving for. Hadron Allah, Keshem Shehamayim, Hadron Allah, Keshem Shehamayim, Hadron Allah, Keshem Shehamayim. Miles left, everybody finished the. Helig, fifth parak of Mesech Saita, and now we begin parak Vav, the sixth parak of Saita. Let's get right back, jump right back into the um, 
the Saita uh, situations. We're going to learn in our Mishnah a few uh, a few variables to uh, to Saita. So here we go. Zokt the Mishnah, and this Mishnah is going to take us uh, about a third of the way down number base two. Misha Colonel Ishtai a person who warned his wife um, to you know gave her gave her a kinui. And then she had yichud with the fellow that he told her not to have yichud with. Even if he hears that she secluded herself from a chirping bird, okay? What it means a chirping bird is you don't need it to be like a full-fledged test. You don't need a full testimony. Allah is he's obligated to divorce her because he warned her not to, uh, not to have the yichud. See, even... The uh, even the yichud itself is going to cause the need to divorce, but he's got to give her a ksuba because he has no proof that they ultimately had tuma. That's the pin of Rebbe Liyashev. Okay, that even though you don't need two witnesses coming and telling me about this, but you do need that everybody in town. That's basically what it's an expression of. Everybody in town is talking about this woman and this guy. Everybody knows she's been hanging out with him. And uh, the, the word is out there. So when the word is out there, that's where we say he's, uh, he's obligated to divorce her. But she will get her ksuba because he doesn't really have evidence about it. It's just the talk of town. Okay. Omar Eid Echad. If one witness comes and says, So you had the husband warned her with witnesses. She secluded with witnesses. One aide comes and says, I saw them actually commit adultery. She cannot drink from the Mesaita. Okay, now, why is she from Mesaita? Because Mesaita is only by a suffix Saito. Over here we have one aid, one witness, so it removes her from the doubt. At the same time, she's not Chayav Misa. She's not obligated in death because we don't have two witnesses. So what are you going to do? They'll get divorced. Chayav to divorce her. She'll lose her Ksuba. She's not going to get paid for her Ksuba because we have a witness, but they're going to get divorced. Not only that, Ella Afilu Eved, Afilu Shivcha, Ilan Amana. Okay? He doesn't need to be an Eid Echad. It could even be an Eved Kanani. It could even be a shivcha. Um, they can passel her up even to lose out from her ksuba. However, what about, ready for this? You have a husband who warns his wife and she secludes. And then there's a single witness that comes to say that she had the affair. Who's that single witness? Ready for this? The husband's mom. Her mother-in-law. Okay. Now, a mother-in-law is assumed to not get on great with her daughter-in-law. There's a standing assumption. All right? Even though, yes, every mother-in-law thinks that every, that the mother-in-law jokes are not about her. And usually, I'm sure it's true. But there's mother-in-law jokes for a reason. There's a reason. That means it's common enough that people do find it funny. Okay. So, Chamaisa, let's say your mother-in-law, Ubas Chamaisa, or it's your sister-in-law, the woman's sister-in-law, by her mother-in-law. Okay, so it doesn't need to be, it's more, 
any of her mother-in-law's daughters, Vitsarasa, or let's say there's two wives and one wife was warned, the other wife says that she had an affair. The Yavimta or, or, uh, or her Yavama. This is somebody who might become her co-wife, Rashi explains. Okay? Uh, who might become her co-wife if her husband were to not have children. Ubas Baila and her stepdaughter. We're going to believe them, but only to a certain degree, which is, if they testify that she had Tumah, she had an affair, she will not drink Mesaita, but she'll still receive her Ksuba. She'll get a payout. She's not going to lose out her, she's not going to lose out on her Ksuba. Because there's always an underlying chance that these these people in these situations are out to get her a little bit. So financially, we're not going to cause her a loss. But as far as drinking, we're going to say we have a little too much on the other side, you know, telling us something did happen. So we're not going to have her drink. Says the Gemara, Shohayo Bedin. Let me explain logic over here. Uma emedus rishayna, just like by the first edus. She'enai sarta Israelim. If you have two edim that testify that she had yichud. After the kinui. That's why she had yichud. Do they forbid her forever? No, they, she's going to go drink. Eina mekamas bachas mishnai. We need at least two edus achreina. So we say if you need edus that she had an affair, that she, there was adultery. She'enai sarta Israelim. Eina din shat iskaya mepachas mishnai. And we say how much more, how much... Uh, that you need two witnesses. Going back to the beginning of the para, uh, to the beginning of our mesechta to daf beis. Call edus sheyeshba. Anytime there's any sort of edus, we're going to accept it. Okay. So usually you need two edim. However, ba over here is telling me that when it comes to the actual the the actual adultery, you don't have two witnesses, but you do have one witness. Okay. Says the Gemara. But one second. You want to make a Kavachimer from the Eidus Rishayna, from the witnesses on the Yichud. But now, what about the later Eidus on the adultery? It should answer her forever. Now I know it's one. We know that one aid is going to work. That only gets her to drink. She's not, she's not forever forbidden to her husband. Says the Mishnah, beautiful question. Now that I know that you only need one aid on the affair, maybe we should make a to tell me you also only need one aid on the stira, on the yichud. Because the affair... Permanently prohibits her. And there I only need one witness. So for a stage of the story that doesn't permanently prohibit her, how much more so should I only need one aid? Talmud Leimar, that's not possible because it says, Ki ervas davar, Okay, so that's how we know that when it comes to Yichud, you're going to need two. Beautiful. So we've now clarified two Adam on, at least according to Rabbi Shua, like we learned on Daf Beis, on the stira, and still one aid on the adultery. Now, what happens in the following case? You have a husband who warns his wife, and then you have Adam 
that there's stira, there's yichud. And now this happens. Get ready. One witness comes and says, there was also an affair. I saw an affair. Eid achad, oimer, I'm sorry, Eid oimer, nitmes. And you know what happens after that one witness shows up? The Eid oimer, line nitmes. Another witness comes and says, no, it wasn't. I was, I saw, I also saw. And there was no affair. Or isha oimer, nitmes, isha oimer, line nitmes. Haisa shaisa. In these cases, we stick with our suffix and should have drink the water. Because we're going to follow the two. You always have two Adim are always going to be stronger than one aid. Okay, beautiful. So we have uh, uh, really a, a fascinating Mishnah with multiple, uh, multiple uh, parts to it. Let's just go through it quickly. The uh, the first part was um, what's uh, once um, uh, somebody warns his wife. At what point does she lose her ksuba? Is it the birds chirping, or is it everybody in town knowing about it? And then we discussed what happens if you have uh, in Eidechad. We said she's not going to drink mesait anymore, and Eidechad doesn't even need to be a kosher aid. There are certain women that are known to not like her. So if they are the ones who testify, she won't drink, but she'll still get her ksuba. And then finally, the Mishnah got into how many witnesses you need um, on the actual affair. And then what happens if you have a contradiction in witnesses? Okay, let's get into the Gemara now. Zakt Gemara, we're about 12 lines from the top of Lamed Aleph, Amud Beis. Hai Talmud Laimar ki ervas This that we said, the husband... Found in her, the husband found in his wife, Ervaz Davar, immorality. Talmud Laimar Ba. We should learn about from this Pasuk, Ba in her, Bavala Bikinoi, Vavala Bistira, Miboile. It says, uh, it says in her, which lets me know that in Eid Echad is believed about her Stira, I'm sorry, is believed about her Tumma, but Eid Echad is not believed for the Yichud, and Eid Echad is not believed for the Kinoi. So the Gemara says, you're right, that's exactly what we're saying, which is, when you have regular Toma, without Kinoi and without Stira, how do you know that we're not going to believe in Eid Echad? I'll tell you, it says, when a, when a regular couple gets divorced, he found a davar or something immoral in her, a thing in her. And it says also, Yakum davar, Bishnai made him Yakum davar. We established the davar, the, the matter. Ma'alam Bishnai Edim, Afkan Bishnai Edim. Whenever there's usual, by usual uh, testimony about adultery, you're going to need two witnesses, unless we have a Pasuk telling us otherwise. Okay? Now, our Mishnah says, what happens if. You have a contradiction in witnesses. So you have an aid that says nitmes and an aid that says loy nitmes. Somebody says she had relations, other one says you don't have relations. Says the Gemara, Taima, the reason for the Mishnah, which says in such a case, she is still going to drink the Mesaita, is the Komachishle. They knock each other off. 
But let's say there's no contradiction here. You don't have a second witness weakening the first one's statement. Then, it seems we're going to believe that one witness. How do you know that? Because the rabbi is not saying, there was no witness about her. Now it has to be there's at least one, otherwise the story didn't start like we learned on the Hafez. It means there's no witness, but there is one. Therefore, over here, we're going to accept one witness. How do you know you don't have two witnesses? Maybe it means you don't even have one witness. It could have just said, This is, we should be familiar with this Gemara going back to the beginning of the Masechta. I'm sorry. Since it says that there was no witness there, it's got to be there's at least one witness. Otherwise, there's no parsha here. Why does it say there's not a single witness? Whenever you find in the Torah the word aid, remember this, let's go. Whenever you find the word aid in the Torah, it doesn't mean a single witness. It means a single group of witnesses. So if it says the word aid, it's two witnesses. Unless the Torah says aid echad. If it says aid echad, okay. Then he told me specifically there is one witness. So whenever you see in the Torah the word aid, it means two. By Saita, we're dealing with one. The Yomar Achmana, and the Torah says, Trey Lesba, when it says, by Saita, there's no aid. You know what it means? Trey Lesba, you don't have two, Elachad, but you do have one. And what's this one aid telling me? The Helain is Baza. She wasn't forced. Which means she should be forbidden to her husband. And therefore, Asura. Since the chat, the one witness, is telling me, the Hilai Nisbasa, she wasn't forced, she remains, I'm sorry, she becomes Asur. If she would have been forced, again, a woman who's violated against her will remains mutter to her husband. Okay. So you see from over here that once you have a woman in a state of Saita, an Eid Echad is going to tell us there was, there was an affair and she's not going to drink. And now that we've just proved that biblically, you can have situations where we trust an Eid Achar, a single witness. Let's go back to our mission now. You have a woman who says she knows there was an affair. We Treat her like two witnesses. That's what we just proved. But now, what's the case of the Mishnah? Another woman comes along and says, Nah, they didn't. How can we view the second woman as arguing on the first woman? Va'amar Ula, but Ula says, If the Torah trusts in Eidachad, it trusts it to the level of two witnesses. And now that we trust the yes affair, as two witnesses, how can the woman who says there was no affair come and argue on her if she only is going to carry the weight of a single witness? A single witness cannot take the place of two. Alamarula, rather, Ula says, Tani, learn our Mishnah to mean, she's not going to drink. 
She's not going to drink. Okay? So we're switching around the Mishnah. If you have a, 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 a aid that says she was Tomei, another aid says she was not Tomei, she's not going to drink. Why? Because we trust the first witness to say that she's guilty. So there's not a suffix anymore. She's guilty. In other words, we're actually, the Gemara is answering, you're right. The one witness that says she's Tomei is going to be given the authority of two witnesses. Rechiel says, no, she still drinks. I. what's he going to do with our question? The Rechiel Kasha Lula. Yeah, what's what's Rukhia going to do with our, our question of if you have an aid that's got the level of two witnesses, how can a single aid come and argue? Just like Kasha, Kan Bas Achas, Kan If they both came at the same time, so the first witness was never established to have the status of two, and therefore the witness arguing on her can break that off, can knock it off. However, if she came prior, that's where we say, I'll agree that a single witness will not be believed afterwards. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, if one witness says she had uh, an affair, she had, they, had, they were Mezana, and two of them say she was not Mezana, so she's going to drink the Mezayta. Let's say it'll be one and one. argues on who says that by one and one she would drink. Rukhiyah says, well, that's not a good question on me. You're obviously just misunderstanding the Mishnah. According to your reasoning, let's look at the end of the Mishnah. What do we learn at the end of the Mishnah? If two Edim say Nitmes, they were Mizana. And one witness says, they were not Mizana. She doesn't drink because... Two witnesses told us they were Mazan, it's not to clarify. But you could be Medayik, the same way you're going to be against me, you want to infer, well, guess what? Hachad v'chad, let's say it would have been 1v1, Haisa Shaisa. Then, then uh, she would drink, so which would be a, uh, a it would be a, the, the halachas would be, a, within the Mishnah would be a walking contradiction. Ella, rather, he says, here's, here's how you understand the Mishnah. Kula Psule Edus, we're dealing over here with women and situations who are psule edus, like a mother-in-law, so on and so forth. The Rebbe Nechemia, here we're dealing with Rebbe Nechemia's halacha. What are we talking about? The Tanya, we learned in the Rebbe, Nechemia Oimer, and Nechemia says, Whenever the Torah gives credibility to a single witness, we're going to follow after Rav Deus. Rav Deus means majority. Okay. Um, Lost the place, I'm sorry. And when two women come and give testimony, usually we're not going to accept them in a court, but we're going to accept them to have, to go against one male. So, is two women have the testimony of the value of testimony, not value, uh, status, I guess, of a one man testimony. And it would be like two men against, uh, two men testifying against one man. Okay? So the Mishnah is letting me know that if you have a woman giving testimony that there was Znus, and then you have two witnesses giving testimony she was not Mazana, so she's going to drink the water. Either way is going to drink the water. So what do you see from here? Two witnesses say she's Tomei. 
one witness says she's not tummy, then you don't drink the water, even if the first ones aren't, uh, aren't uh, kosher witnesses. Vikadamri, and those who answer, kol hecha da'asa eid kosher, kol hecha, any time you have, da'asa eid achar kosher me'ikara, whenever you have an eid achar who is kosher me'ikara, meaning the, you have a kosher witness that comes initially, afilu me'a noshim nami ke'ed achar damyon, even a hundred women are going to only be considered like one eid against um, against that witness. Let's see if we can finish the parak over here. Uh, like uh, Rabbi Aaron had hoped for, top of Lamed Beis, Lamed Aleph. What, what are we dealing with over here? Kigoyin, for example, the Asoi Isha Me'ikara, where you have a woman who gave her Eidos first. So she came and we accepted her Eidos. And then afterwards, even though it was accepted, Two Adam come, two men come and argue on it. See, even though she was accepted, the two men are still going to hold weight against her testimony. Even when a Torah believes you're still going to follow a majority of testimony. And two women also are going to have the status of a of one woman, that's going to be similar. If you have two women against one woman, it's going to be the same as two men against one man. So the same way when you have regular witnesses, you know two men override the testimony of one man, the testimony of two women overrides the testimony of one woman. Let's say you have two women testifying against one man, then we view this like a 50-50 case. We view it as half and half. And the suffix remains in place. Beautiful. Why do I need two halachas that have to do with tema? I would have thought to say, where do we follow most of testimony? That's only the chumrah is going to cause a chumrah in, in the case. For example... If most people's testimony are going to have her drink the Mesaita, maybe over there do we say that, um, that we, we follow Raiv Deyes. Because what we're going to be Machmir, Avalukula Layazdinan, but to be Mekel, we're not going to follow Raiv Deyes. We're not going to follow most words of testimony. Kamashlon, therefore the Mishnah lets us know in both cases, even when it's going to end up being a Kula, even if it's going to end up being a, a leniency. Where she's not going to drink, the um, the uh, we're, we're going to follow Achar Raiv Deus. We follow the majority of opinion. Hadron Alach Mishakina. Hadron Alach Mishakina. Hadron Alach Mishakina. Everybody finished the Hilaga sixth parak of Meseches Saita, and Be'ezus Hashem. Tomorrow we'll pick up with the seventh parak. Really a fascinating and beautiful parak. We're going to have a lot of. Uh, tangents over here and a lot of Agadita. The tomorrow's daf is going to focus primarily on Lush and Kaidish. It's going to be a, 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 a daf focused on a lot of um, mitzvahs, th- uh, various mitzvahs that, that must be done in Lush and Kaidish, or maybe they could be done in other languages. There's going to be a big language daf. Um, we're going to touch on a number of different halachas uh, and, and sugyas and shas, so it'll be very, very Gishmak, uh, Hashem, a little bit of a change of pace and a change of topic and we will hold it here for this evening Agutavach, Bez Hashem tomorrow morning 9.30am have a wonderful wonderful week